see what happens here. Ooh, that is not good. Oh my God. <laughs> Lord, I can't roll for shit. Woo, three. I think that's good. But remember, we're really good at making games harder than they need to be. Hello, and welcome to House Rules, the podcast that explores all things rules-related with your favorite tabletop games. Questions, clarifications, best, worst, and some that just need a tweak. So join us as we explore the House Rules. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of House Rules, a proud member of the Talk Nerdy to Me Network. I am Commander Scott, and today we will be discussing letters from Whitehall. Joining me today are, as always, we have Jeremiah Houston and the classy combo of Jamie's, Jamie B and Jamie E. Everyone, how are we today? Doing good. Doing quite well. It's cold down here. Mm. So we have two wells, a quite well, and someone's cold. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. So. Okay. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I think it's letters to Whitechapel and then Whitehall. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I said, I said letters to Whitehall, didn't I? Yeah. There's two games, so we. Yeah. And, and I, I, the, yeah, two games that have the same designer, same publisher, same theme, and way too similar of of names because the <laughs> because the letters to Whitechapel pretty much everybody just calls it Whitechapel because when you look at the box it's just in big white letters Whitechapel so Whitechapel and Whitehall and and you know I'm just gonna call them you know I'm just gonna call them the the White Building games from now on it's just <laughs> whichever one we're playing but anyway so. Uh, I, I was going to focus, I figured we'd focus on letters to Whitechapel today. We're going to cover Whitehall as well and, and, and talk about the differences at some point. But So this game, uh, published in 2011 from, uh, who was it? Uh, I, I don't remember, I don't know the actual publisher name. But anyway, um, 2011, it's a, it's a one versus all game where one person is playing Jack the Ripper uh, and everybody else is playing the investigators uh, to, to, uh, to hunt down Jack the Ripper because, you know, they're just closed-minded people who, who don't understand the good that Jack is trying to do in the world. But anyway, so we've played this several times here and, and we've discussed the rules and, and, it, and their, 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 their uh, comings and goings and shortcomings and, and things of that nature. What, what, what's our overall, let's get an overall consensus here. I really like the game. Um, I think it plays well two-player, um, and it plays well uh, multiplayer. Um, it plays differently um, with the number of people, but it is one that, that does play well um, with just two people. So so I like it. And I would agree with Jamie. My, my only exception to that is it's, it's easy to fall prey to the alpha, alpha gamer syndrome with the investigators if you have a very strong experienced player they have to be conscious of that and let everybody else make the decisions and actions I'll draw order next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so that brings me to a point that I, I was curious about and we were discussing right before recording uh and i said i had a question so 
there's a new optional rule. There's 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 actually a few optional rules in the game that I don't think we've played with yet because I was reading through them uh, the other day. And there's a new one that came out, and one of them talks about uh, it's it's possible. So it it, it uh, during the police patrolling phase when you reveal the lead investigator, um, you can you'll you'll reveal the other investigators, and that gives their turn order, so they don't just go whichever. So it's it's an optional rule, uh, which uh, I, apparently I guess is is something that got ported from the second game White Hall back into the first game as an optional rule. I guess that's why they they went with that. But also, if there's no clue marker, then the head investigator can swap two of those orders, including changing who is the head investigator that round. And that makes me curious as to why that would matter. Are we not doing something correct with lead investigator? Because so far, I haven't seen a need for a lead investigator. Remember, the lead investigator's primary responsibility is placing the tokens out, the hidden investigator tokens along with the, uh, the hidden wretched tokens. So it's kind of a cat and mouse with Jack and investigators in the beginning of the turn. Yeah, yeah. but... Go ahead, Scott. But, but why, would you, why would you ever want to switch that? I mean, would, would I think somebody else would be better at placing those than it me? It gives everybody else a turn. Everybody else has at, a turn. At, at, at acting... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying why you would change it like like during the normal operation. I'm saying why would the lead investigator swap two tiles to change the lead investigator this turn? Well, I think, okay, so if you're basing it on people doing things in a specific order, mm-hmm. I think that, like, okay, so, like, <clears throat> the last time that we played, a couple of people were pretty far out, and, and their guesses weren't going to matter. Their moves really weren't going to matter uh, for a little while because they were just so far away from, from the action. And if one of those persons were lead investigator, it might behoove them to pass it over to someone closer so that they go first. Well, yeah, yeah but I, uh, so to, to Scott's point there, I mean, I, it doesn't, I don't see how it really matters because it's not like, it's not like Jack goes, then a couple investigators go, then Jack goes again. I mean, all the investigators are going to get a turn and action. So even even if, like, I'm, say, my character or my investigator is far out, even if I'm the lead investigator, I, uh, you know, if I, if I move two spaces, you know, up to two spaces, and I make my, is Jack here, Jack here, and, you know, my, my search, and obviously it's not going to matter, it's not like, Whole wait, you know, it's just a couple of moments before a person who's actually closer to the trail, actually. And also, let's let's be honest, uh, the couple of times we, I, and I don't know if this is in the rules or not, uh, it's not like we, we've all, we all basically move and then we all just go in, in, in not in a specified order and like searching, right? So we all... We all kind of take our take our turn almost simultaneously sometimes uh, in the move part, but then we all just you know okay you know Jamie you know you do your search and Jeremiah does his search et cetera et cetera. It's not like we follow a specific order all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm not sure if that's we're defining the rules 
in that in that section? You know, are, are we supposed yeah. to do that? No. But even if we did, I don't know how it would make that much of a difference. Yeah, exactly. So according to the rules, uh, when you after everybody takes their move, because it starts with the lead investigator and it goes clockwise for everybody making their move, then it does the same thing for everybody either searching for clues or making arrests. Mm-hmm. You start with the lead investigator and you go around. Yeah, now we, we can. No, we haven't been doing that. Like Houston said, we've just been kind of, you know, everybody kind of moves at the same time. And then, you know, you start with uh, just whoever goes. There was no specific order. And personally, I don't see a difference. There's a couple instances where it would matter if we were adhering to the turn order rigidly. Because, like, let's say one of the the games we played, one of us got a clue where Jack was. And if we had arrested then, we could have won the game right then or into the game. But depending on the turn order, there might be a player that can now be within range to, to move up and arrest, but may, or maybe not for not adhering to it. Because Houston may have already gone, done his guessing, then I went, found where we think Jack is, but if we weren't adhering to the turn order, then Houston could go afterwards, possibly, and walk up and arrest him. Yeah, actually, uh, arresting you, Scott, in our last game kind of fell into the, like, may, may, may have happened that way, because remember, Jeremiah arrested you. Well, yeah, uh, but but that happens because because all the moving is done before the investigating. Right, but the searching could be also done in a specific order. So let's say let's say it was Jeremiah who happened to be closer. Like like let's say it was Jeremiah who happened to be closer to you that made the search. Yeah. As opposed to arrest. Uh, no, uh, uh, yeah. Then then you would not have been arrested that term. Yeah, I I, I understand. But so let's say let's say the lead investigator is, is is Houston, and the next person is, you know, Jeremiah, and blah blah blah. Um. So Houston would have said his clues, okay, and yeah. and then Jeremiah would have done his thing and he guessed something different and found a clue and you all thought that's where I was, um, then, but nobody else is around. So because Houston was the lead investigator, I don't get arrested, but that's just a, that's just a, 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 a luck of circumstance. So let's look at if we're not doing it in turn order and we're just doing it whatever, whichever way, you know, mm-hmm. and Jeremiah is the lead investigator or, or whatever, so it would have gone around, but Houston decides he wants to guess first, so he guesses. So the same thing happens in both instances. So I don't see a necessity of doing it in turn order. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can have instances where you could get arrested, but if you just do it the other way, you're still just going to have instances where you could get arrested or not. I think it's easier for the investigators if there's a less rigid turn order because it gives you flexibility and freedom on who gets to guess in what order or mm-hmm. move in what order. Mm-hmm. But if you if you hold them to a more rigid turn order, it helps Jack out because now they have to more carefully plan and think who's going to move and who's going to search. In yeah, order. Uh, and and I can see that. Um, so, so, yeah. So doing it in any order, I can see how it could help Jack out because if they don't if they don't think about it, uh, yes, you know, then yeah. But going back to the new optional rule, like. Let's say Jamie is the lead investigator, right? So the first thing she's going to, well, in normal rules, she places all the markers. Okay. Now, as far as the the idea of people being farther out, you don't have to put people back in the same spot. That's why they give you three decoys. The only requirement is that each place that had an investigator has to have a marker. 
Correct. Two, two decoys. Oh, I'm sorry, that was three. Yeah, so... So, so, so we so, had a five-player game. Yep. Right? Yep. And we had two decoys. So three people do have to be where they were. Yeah, where somebody was. Or where somebody was. Yeah, but those three people were pretty close to the action. We only ever had two people really far out at any given time. But if, but if Jack is pretty clever in his distraction diversions, you could really have everybody in poor position on the board investigator-wise. Yeah. I just don't see why you would ever, like if Jamie's the lead investigator, I don't know why she would ever say, okay, I'm going to swap my tile with Jeremiah's. Jeremiah, you're now back a lead, lead investigator again. Why, why would you do that? They may not be comfortable making those decisions. Really? Just just yeah. to not have to place the markers? Well, you know, I don't. I think this comes back into... You know, is are, are you comfortable with this type of game? Is this the type of game that you've played before? And, you know, we've discussed this before, mm-hmm. um, just all of us, and, and was looking things up, um, and it talked about if people are clever mm-hmm. with the game. And, um, you know, I think we're all pretty clever when it comes to this type of games. But you get people who've just never played this type of game before. Just don't have the experience, and yeah, I could see where it would be kind of intimidating. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I would. I would think my track record as Jack thus far would, you know, not pre would presuppose I'm not clever when coming to this game. <laughs> I, I still stand by the fact that Jack is a disadvantage in the game. Yeah, because you know, you're especially the the higher the player count, right. you know, you, yes. you have a lot more. Voices or sounding boards yep. to bounce ideas and, and, uh-huh. and theories off of, and that is that is the house rule that I wanted to propose for this game. In the, in we the, can't in talk. The yes, there, there needs to be some because if you have I five investigators, I, I want to play this with uh, Jamie E. Now, I mean, see no. how this goes. <laughs> I mean, if, if if you have five, because I was actually I was I was watching a video this morning on uh, cooperative games and ones that do that have rules, you know, very well to avoid the alpha gamer problem with yes. with co-op games and. I mean, you know, with five players, with we we, we had five. Do we have five investigators? That's your one. We did. Uh, we yeah, had, yeah, we did. Yes, yes, we had five yeah. this last time. So with five investigators, you know, pretty much having no restrictions on how much they can talk and discuss, and I mean, uh, one on on day three, uh, Jamie E and uh, I think Jamie B uh, both went. Uh, Basically, they they walked through the entire previous day's events and tracked my entire movement because they were able to talk about it for like 20 minutes. Yes. You know, I I mean, when you when you have nothing that limits that communication and five investigators and people having soundboards and bouncing ideas off of each other, Jack is just sitting there like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, but you're listening to it as well. I I, I am. But at the same time, I haven't there's nothing I can do to you know, stop you off from just figuring everything out because literally then the next time it comes to me, my only choice is, okay, I, I, I'm, I moved. Well, what about table talk and misdirection? Cause I use that to great advantage in a couple of games. Good God. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how he beat me. One of the times that we were playing solo, I made her doubt herself. He made me doubt myself. I had, I had, I mean, and I had control of all the investigators cause I mean, we were just, we were playing just the two of us. And I was so sure, and he got me so befuddled that I moved right out of his way. I walked right in. Well, yes, yes. 
But in a two-player game, when it's just the two of you, you're the only, or he's the only person you have to listen to. So he can do that very well, because that's the only external information coming into you. But with, but with me playing Jack with five other investigators, I could, because I said quite a bit. But like only one or two people heard me because everybody was busy discussing the situation with other people. So it's a lot harder with multiple investigators getting that misinformation through. Well, but you did a great job. I mean, I sat there and laid it all out, but your facial expressions never showed it. I mean, if I would have been Jack and someone laid it all out, I mean, you all would have known from my facial expression. If they bear your face on screen. I would have had to because you would have been like, yeah, that's right. Look at her face. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is that, that is true. Whoever's playing Jack in a multiplayer, especially in a multiplayer game, you've got to have a good poker face. You've got to be able to not give away anything with body language or anything of that nature. Well, if, 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 along your reasoning, I, if there's a way to limit the turns for everybody to make it move faster, it was we. It took us two and a half hours yesterday to play that five play, five investigator six player game. Yeah. And there were several rounds that were quite lengthy. We, a couple times, everybody looked around. Everybody moved. Everybody moved. Okay, good. We'd sat there for a few minutes, kind of staring at each other, phones or whatever else you're eating. Yeah. Well, and also, if you if you look at it from my perspective, it was two and a half hours of gameplay, but I only had like what maybe twenty minutes of actually doing stuff. That's why. That's why I was getting out. Maybe maybe like you mentioned uh, during the game, a timing mechanism to limit the round uh, length each turn. Well, I liked his idea that you set up a timer and you give everybody two minutes to discuss. Yes, and then and you can move and, and, do. and then everybody moves. But but if that two minute discussion, everybody should fairly well know what they're doing. Yep, and and then it should be really quick. My my, I'd be okay with that. With the um, if you had a newer player, you need a lot more time for them to get the game out. I, 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 I can see that. Um, but yeah, and now keep in mind, I, I'm not, I wasn't suggesting a timer for the rounds. Like I wasn't going to give you all two minutes to discuss and move and, and make clues. I was giving you two minutes or whatever to discuss only. Once the timer was out, you can't talk about, you know, what's going on. Boom. You, at that point, moves and stuff have to be done. But you can still take your time on that. You can still think if you want to think for a minute. Just no more bouncing ideas back and forth. See, and that's one of the things, you know, I don't know how they intended it for it or whatever. But, like, if you have a newer player or you just have a group of people that they're not really sure, I kind of see it as the lead investigator. Like, if someone doesn't know and they want to ask, whoever the lead investigator, I think, is the one that should be like. I'm sure it's so, well, the lead investigator could be the one that, like, if someone says, what do you think, should I move here or here? Yeah. And, yeah, I, I see it as the lead investigator choosing. I mean, the group can, obviously, but... Well, okay, we had a new player yesterday, and we all tried very hard not to tell her how to play. And just give her suggestions, so... And once again, I still don't see... The, other than placing the t the tokens, the, the, the markers, I don't see a purpose for a lead investigator. I don't. I don't get it. I, uh, I agree with Houston. I think it's primarily just to make sure everybody has a has a turn or round or chance to be the one to do something beyond just move and search. What 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 about this? This is just so instead of having a lead investigator, because right mm -hmm. now, other than that, I see no point in it. There, there, there's nothing else that they do except d set the deployments. What if everybody? had two markers, one with their color and one with a dummy. And so every turn, everybody had to put a marker on their spot where they were 
and then a marker somewhere else on the board. I think it would help Jack because yeah. the group's not going to work as cohesively as a group, really, because they don't really know what each other's doing. So, um, yeah, because now you're hiding it from your, player. your other players. Yeah. But you're, you're also hiding it from other players anyway. Because well, yeah, so that's why each person takes a turn too. Yeah, Sometimes you have an opportunity with that. Yeah, but yeah. but but when one person puts the markers out for deployment, nobody knows that they're going to be in the same spot or not. Now, granted, everybody knows at least three people are. Well, yeah, but they don't have to be in the same spot because you could put a different color. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So even doing it with a lead investigator, nobody is guaranteed to know where they're going to be. In fact, um, doing it this way, I I, I think. People can have a well. I think it's equally as is non cohesive. But I, well, there's been a couple instances where the lead investigator took somebody who was on the fringe who didn't have a very engaging round and put them mm-hmm. closer to where the action's going to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. which helped everybody stay engaged in the game. Yeah. See, but, go ahead. No, no, go, go. I was just going to say. I mean, but we're talking. Okay, we are a group of experienced game players, and we are a group. Who have played games together for years? For years, a whole lot. We we all know relatively how each other thinks about stuff like this. I mean, you know, at least on the fringe. And so, you know, I mean, I trust all of us to be a lead investigator. But let's look at it from if you're a newer group or just an inexperienced group with this type of games, having a lead investigator lets everybody try out their ideas. It also helps prevent that alpha gamer. The same person who just runs everything. It does. I mean, it, it does because they get to, you know, they get to to do. And I mean, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But you know, person people who haven't played will learn from that. You know, oh, I see. We don't don't cluster. Or don't you know? Who who are you people? I don't even know who you are. I mean, <laughs> how do I end up on this podcast? Uh, <laughs> I, I think ultimately the point of the lead investigator remember it is that you, know, you may be dismissive uh, unintentionally dismissive of the of the placement Scott but it, it is a cat and mouse guessing okay where do I think Scott at this moment is placing his his victims you know because you also Jack, as Jack have dummy decoys mm-hmm. or your for your uh, for your the wretched, um, so I, I think it's I think it's important that it gives everybody a turn to play at least that aspect of the cat and mouse because let's say let's say I totally guess incorrectly and I have all of us completely out of position from uh, from the vic- not only the victims that uh, that you placed on the board but even you know. Not even just the victims that you placed on the board, but the victim, uh, like I have is completely out of place from the victim you chose because I didn't put Jeremiah or Jamie or Jamie or, or whomever near the, near one of the markers, right? Yeah. Because that's what I did. Well, after you placed your markers, the first thing I did was I moved Jeremiah's token closer to three potential victim areas because I knew, okay, well, maybe he isn't going to change, uh, pick one there, but where we're at position wise the last round uh if i don't at least put position somebody closer to one of those three spots i if i was jack i would choose one of those three victims if, if there was a victim in there right so at least one of those is probably has a victim potential because remember i think jack only has two uh two fakes or two dummies as well so one of those three 
could have certainly been a wretched and certainly would have been a choice and probably would have been a good choice if the investigators were in a different area. So I consciously made the choice, okay, I'm going to take pick Jeremiah's token up and move, you know, put a fake on where he was originally and move his, move his token over there closer to it. Right. But it gives every person at the table an opportunity to play that game within the game, that mini game. Right. So I, I think it is important because I, let's say I make a poor decision, right. Then whether, you know, you know, so let, let's say I, I give you, uh, let, let's say I just completely guessed wrong and uh, I don't interpret things correctly and I put us completely out of position. It at least gives Jack that round a little more of an advantage, right? It yeah. does tip the scales a little bit closer in Jack's favor because because of a, well, mistake might not be the right word because my guess was wrong. Yeah. But it gives everybody else the same opportunity to play that game because it is. It's a, it's a, it, it's, it's set up. You know, I'm yeah. using setup in air quotes, mm-hmm. but it is still a guess, you know, a guessing game between you and Jack yeah. and each individual person has that opportunity. I can see that. And, and, you know, listening to that and, and also thinking about the, the other idea wouldn't work because it messes up Jack's abilities in, in waiting. But um, I, I still wish that the lead investigator had something else besides just that. I think I think if the group doesn't necessarily agree, I think the lead investigator would be the one to make the decision, make the decision yeah. for that round. I mean, yeah. you know, the, uh, yeah. There are also some some optional rules I was looking at that we haven't tried yet. One is Jack apparently gets to write letters to the police, and he can move he can move the deployments around a little bit. Yes. Yeah, we we've never played that before. No, I, um, once again, I think that is a new rule to help Jack because I still think the game is skewed towards investigators' advantage. It, it is. I, I think the game you have to be clever. I mean, Jack was clever. That's how he he did, and you have to be clever. You know, you have to use those coaches and alleys and backtrack a little, and I, you know. I, go ahead. Sorry, Jamie. No, that's okay. I mean, I just you know like. Scott's move yesterday, going to 118, which was really <laughs> hilarious. Never go to 118. <laughs> Never. We had guessed. I My very first guess, I was really far away, and so I guessed 118. And so every round we guessed 118. And then lo and behold, he got arrested on 118. So it was it was really funny. Um, and I understand why he went that way, especially because he didn't actually see that Jeremiah could get into position. Because well, uh, see, this is this is another thing. I was listening to the table talk, and according to the table talk, all the way up until the moment Jeremiah went, nope, doing something else. There was no talk of anyone going to that area. That area was com- going to be completely free of police. Yeah, because right. we looked at it, and I thought, you know, there's nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that is part of the that. That's when it brought up the the thing with the the table talk, because because the entire time. You're all just continually revising and revamping, and then I get a window of about mm. you know two seconds to, to do something, and then everything starts right. changing again. And and here's and let's let's play that in order, right? So I was close to I my token was close to where you committed the murder, right? Yep. And you carried right past me. I did. So 
uh, and, but here's here's where the turn order could affect things, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say Jeremiah had to go before I did. What I did was I confirmed that you actually carried two one eighteen when I made my search well, because I searched before Jeremiah arrested. Yes, I, I made that I made that search you, because you if I went if I went south on the map, yeah. and made a search, you we we it still would have been. It, and, we, we wouldn't have been absolutely sure that you were 118. And, it would have been a, a, a complete guess in the dark. It would have. But, and, the, fact, well, but and, the fact that I went first and made that, uh, it, it, whether I should have or not, but the fact that I went first and made a guess along that, you know, along the main thoroughfare, and you actually were at the, uh, at the circle right before 118, we know you moved two spaces, and mm-hmm. two spaces you moved was yeah. from that space to 118. Yeah. So... That's that's where I think turn order going back to turn order does have a little a little bit of a part to play, right? Yeah. So, but go. but Jeremiah had already moved. He had already committed to that course of action before you 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 did the uh, uh, check for clues. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, we, we did the move first. But yeah. I, yeah. Once once you did that, I was pretty sure instead of a search or just. Exactly, because his search, his potential search now became an arrest. Yeah, yeah but that's the point. Yeah, I think he'd already pretty much decided to arrest before that. But, I mean, it did confirm it. You're right. It confirmed it completely that that's where I was. Yes. It, it, it did, yes. but I still don't think the turn order is that important. Because I think it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, just like even in your own turn when you do a search, I mean, you know, as we were discussing yesterday, it be, it can be important which numbers you do first because mm-hmm. if you have an idea of which way, you know, if you're trying to figure out which way is going, you know, you start the farther out and come in because that helps you determine a path. A path, a better path, you know, like if you're fairly certain or going in a certain direction. Um, so, so I don't know. I mean, I think a turn order could, especially if like we had you, we roughly knew where you were. Yeah. Uh, the turn before, the turn before the last turn, um, I mean, I was right there. I was in your way and you cleverly moved in behind me. So I, and and I moved past you, and then you were able to be some of the places that I had just asked about. Yeah, you know, and that was very clever. Um, but we knew we had we knew generally where you were, so our turn order did kind of matter because it does help us. Like if somebody would have popped up a clue, we would have. Yeah, it would have changed the order that we ask. I think. Yeah, but to, to help. But for the most part, you all weren't going in turn order. Yes. At that point, we were not. Correct? Yes. At that point, we were not. No, you were just. And, everyone was just like, "I moved. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess here, here, and here." Yes. Okay. Well, we 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 should also throw out that you know we we also had a brand new person that we were you know allowing the opportunity to to play that game the first time, and so you know we were we were very relaxed with the rules with uh, with that individual. So yeah. maybe that also bled a little bit into ourselves. Uh, um, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I wasn't. Uh, I'm. I'm not complaining. No, we, we I'm know not, you're upset because I'm not com- you as Jack. Don't you? Should, you it's okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not complaining <laughs> that you know that the turn order wasn't strictly adhered to. I'm actually yeah. saying I don't. I don't see 
the, 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 the big advantage to strictly adhering to the turn order for that versus just being able to let people go, you know, just in, in whatever, whatever turn order the players decide, because the same instances that you, you point out that a turn order could, could help those same instances could also occur with a, with a, with a player decided turn order. If everybody's paying attention, uh, I mean, yeah, po- yeah, okay. I mean, possibly. Yeah. I, yeah I'm- I, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just for certain group dynamics. You know, maybe for yeah. certain groups they need that rule or clarification or or whatever. Yeah, you know? that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So, uh, well, I mean, so. I mean, as far as the as far as the game is concerned, uh, overall, I mean, one like my my experience as Jack, you know, on on the Jack side, like uh, night two as Jack, right? <clears throat> I had to I had to completely backtrack toward the murder to throw all everybody off my trail, and it took literally all fifteen moves. For me to make it back to the hideout, the problem, I think, I think a bit of advice, if if you want to give gaming advice to this, is the, probably the most important thing for Jack to do, especially in night one, is to use as much movement as possible to throw the investigators on where off where the hideout is, because on turn one I made too quick a move back to my hideout, and you had the the group had trailed me close to that area. So you you already knew the general area where my hideout is, and so much so that in night two, if Jamie had not moved on the last turn, I would not have been able to make it into the hideout because the investigators were all concentra- concentrated in that particular zone or area because, well, we'll we're, we don't know where the trail is, so here let's funnel close to where we think the hideout is and it and it kind of boxes Jack Jack out. It certainly limits the movement and 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 makes getting back to the hideout uh, uh, much more difficult. So I, I think if if we were if I, we were trying to give although we're this isn't house rules the advice on games uh, <laughs> <laughs> gameplay uh, strategy I would I would say that for Jack uh, yeah because even with you Scott we kind of knew the area. Uh, the area that your hideout was, and then in what was it by murder two, night two, we or we knew exactly like within like five, four or five circles where your hideout was. Yeah, uh, it makes it it makes it much much more. That that's the part that makes it really difficult on Jack because Jack has to go to a specific location, and if you're if if you have that information. Uh, the, the sooner or the, probably the more quickly you have that information while going through the game, the the greater the disadvantage on Jack to escape. Yeah. Uh, and, sorry, go ahead. I've tried Jack to do my first night close to my hideout and farther away, and I had better luck with the farther away. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because the investigators are moving away from your hideout. They may pick up your trail, but mm-hmm. they, they, but they, then they may pick up your trail, but the, the trail that they're picking up, hopefully is for, you know because they're going to move, moving to where the murder actually happened it will be further away from your hideout so it gives you uh it gives you a little more room and i would still say if you, if you can make your hideout in say eight moves 
make it make it twelve, make it make it thirteen. You know, stretch it out. Yeah, yeah. it's straight exactly stretch it out because that, that that I almost offered you that advice before we started the game. No, no, we, I won't catch Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how it is. You know, I played this game quite a bit, and I think I know how to win as Jack. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I know how to win, but I think I know what I know what made me disadvantaged right after night one. I'm like, oh well, crap. They they know because because you hear the table talk, right? You're, yeah. you're all sitting there talking about. Well, I think he's over here. He's going to be with him. I'm like, oh crap. They're, they know they know where you're at, or yeah. they know where your hideout is, and it especially on night one and by night two, night three, it just allows them to narrow down that because they know where the general area is, they can narrow down where your uh where your hideout is much more quickly. Um, right. yeah. So that's that's what that that would be the piece of advice, the piece of jack advice. Number one, don't be afraid to backtrack and use all fifteen movements. Um <laughs> you know, all all fifteen opportunities at movement because I sure did. Uh, but number two, like uh, try to keep your hideout, try to keep them off the trail of your hideout as much as possible early on in the game. Well, yeah, because because night three yesterday, two of us didn't have to move because we had your entire block surrounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we didn't have to do anything but wait. Yeah, if yep. I had, if I had made it through, I, I had a way in in turn three in day three <clears throat> if uh, if if I hadn't gotten arrested because I, I saw a route because you have to move. Right? No, investigators do not have to move. Oh, I thought you, they had, do not. I thought you had to move. Okay. No, anyway, Jack has to move. Yeah, no, Jack has Jack. to move. Okay. But anyway, I, I had a route in. But what I was going to have to do is I was going to have to go past to the far side of, of the, uh, of the and district come and back. come back in. Uh, it was going to be almost impossible if I had made it to night four. Yeah. Because yeah. you all would have just gone to that block and sat there. Well, and just I mean, let me yeah. come to you. Which is what we're already doing. Well, the, the night scenarios I've seen work best was actually where Jack chooses uh, locations on opposite sides of the city. Yeah. Well, that way they have to split the forces to go look for him. The, um, of course, the the problem with sitting on uh, an area like that in in the game is if everybody's just waiting and no one's actually searching for any kind of clues, then you don't have a path and it's hard to nail down which one I'm actually on because there's a lot of different yeah, paths cool. in. The only thing is I can't. I can't, you know, I can't carriage or alley, alley alley into the hideout. Yeah. No, but it does restrict, like, it does restrict your, your, your access. Like, like literally if Jimmy E had not moved on that last turn, I, I would not have been able to move into the hideout on night two. Um, so it, it certainly restricts your, your entry points. And it does it does make your path, you know, a little more linear. Yeah. Uh, so that's that that's that's my point is that once once investigators know the area you're going because at number one it cuts it cuts down the map right you know, yeah it, it cuts down the area of the map that they have to they have to worry about. So can <clears throat> sorry I'm sorry, but I couldn't figure Houston's spot out, which is why I moved because yes. <laughs> you, you in the area, but I knew I was in the area, and I was listening mm-hmm. to you, and you kept saying certain numbers, but I, I, I don't know if it was me in my own head or Houston got into my head. <laughs> um, but I really, 
I really wasn't sure. And you had picked a really good area because there were just so many paths in. And, I mean, I like to look at the board and do all the different possibilities, and I just couldn't figure yours, your path out. Because I was um, going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, turn, or like, guess two or three. You already figured out where I was. I'm like, oh, yep. <laughs> Let's backtrack completely back to the murder, and hopefully they don't go that way. <laughs> it worked well. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. And, and and on night three, like like I lost on night three because literally I alleyed into a space where Jeremiah was, and I think it was Jamie. Yep. A, a space in between the two of you, and uh, I, I intentionally did that because, and I lost because obviously I couldn't move anymore. But I intentionally did that with the hope. Hey, look, I'm alleying because Jeremiah found where I was. My intention was hopefully Jeremiah would move, which would give me free, sp- which he didn't. Thank you, Jeremiah. Uh, <laughs> but it, uh, he, he had talked himself into thinking, well, I don't think he, I don't think he alleyed here right beside me. So I think he alleyed down here to like 129, I think was, was the circle or whatever, which was the, on the opposite side of the alley trying to get away from me. And I was hoped he would talk himself into that and move and look. Because if he moved and looked, I was only, I think, one space away from my hideout again. But again, uh, you know, it, it, I was, I was doomed because Jamie and or Jeremiah. Well, I wasn't doomed, but it was much, much more difficult. I had to take a reckless play. Um, now I also did it too early in the game. I think I was only like move six or seven. You know, so I was still, I still had movement left, but I was, I did make a reckless play hoping to get back into the hideout um, you're right, th- right then and there uh, based upon, you know, you know, maybe I could fake out, you know, Jeremiah or, you know, to move, which he didn't. But again, both of them were right there, right next to my hideout. You know, well, they, were once, again, they were in one circle. Once again, the first two nights, we've narrowed down your hideout location within yeah. a couple, a couple spaces. Yes. Well, I definitely want to play play this again as Jack because I'm going to win as Jack eventually. Um, <laughs> I want to. Well, I'm, gonna stop, I'm, I'm gonna stop offering advice then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but you're not offering advice to me. You're offering advice to our loyal listeners who who who, who need true. it. So keep keep with the advice. Let's 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 keep doing that. Um, okay, you, you just have to close your ears when <laughs> I give advice. So. I'm going to mute now. Yes, I'm on mute. Can't hear a word <laughs> you're saying. No, not sure uh, that's how mute works, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I, I like it. Um, I still think a, a timing mechanism to limit how long the investigators can suss over something so that Jack isn't just sitting there, you know, and, and also you, you can't just re, you know, reconstruct the entire first two turns <laughs> before <laughs> deciding something. <laughs> Um, I still like that idea. I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to it because I, I it really is. It's it's depending on the number of players. It, it it can be it literally is four four or five sounding boards against one person's movement, and uh, you, you know you, you bounce idea idea off of each other, and eventually you you're like, oh yeah, you know what that does make sense. Yeah, you know what I know Scott. I'm pretty sure he <laughs> would do that. So let's do let's go there. Let's go there. <laughs> Um, well, but Scott, wouldn't wouldn't your win be all the more grand um, if you beat us with all of our talking and sussing? Because mm, we are clever players. Mm, 
Nope, I'm completely fine with limiting your all's communication. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm actually fine for limiting the communication because I just want to see how Jamie deals with it. <laughs> yeah. I won't be able to play. She will be texting all of us. That's true. Now that doesn't just mean you can't just talk. I'll show you. <laughs> Wait, why didn't you break out her laptop? Why am I getting an email? <laughs> With detailed drawings and screenshots. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll have to go back to the map for that, that game, Scott, but could you have allied? You weren't in a great position, but could you have allied? Uh, from where to where? Before the 118. Like, instead of carriaging, could you have allied? Oh, uh, hang on. Let me pull up my, my map here real quick. And actually, while he's doing that, I'll, I'll offer this as a piece of advice, too, because we have Jeremiah, who likes to watch Scott's eyes. Um, yes. If you're Jack, take a picture of the map, which is what I did. Take a picture of the map and on your phone and use that to zoom around the area and, and zoom in and zoom out and move the map around. Uh, that way they can't really follow your eyes either the zones you're looking at on even the player screen or uh, the inadvertent eye contact you might make on the board uh, itself where if you're looking for a particular area to move to. Yeah. And it's worked very well. Because yeah. eye movement and body language can give away a lot. Yeah. Yep. So, and Jeremiah was watching your eyes, maybe not this last time, but because you did take a picture, but certainly the time before he absolutely was. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know, that's why I try to give equal... In games like this where you have a map, and even though they give you... In most of these games where you have a map, they give the the, the, the one player that's by themselves their, like a mini-map so that they don't have to look at the board. Mm-hmm. But if you watch their eyes, you can tell what quadrant, if nothing else, of that map yep. they're looking at, and you know what yep. quadrant of the board they're looking at. Because, well, yep. you can make a simple correlation. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you can still do that. Uh so, but usually what I'll do if I don't have an option, and I've never thought of taking a picture with my phone. That's an awesome idea, and 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 uh, I love it, and that's what I'll do now. But used to what I would do is I would look where I would, you know, I'd, I'd be looking at what I needed to look at, and then I would purposely look at the other three quadrants of the board. But it, Yes, but unintentionally you may focus, you may linger a little bit longer on that one quadrant. Exactly. Uh, I won't yeah. give equal time, and I have to say it, you know, three-quarters of the time, uh, where I want to look is my is my go-to. That's where I go first, and the others are... So, yeah, yeah. logic will, will dictate, but the phone thing is uh, awesome. And in answer to your question, Jamie, I could not have allied, because I was on 163. The only other place that's on that block was literally the murder. Because <laughs> I moved yeah, from there to 163. Yeah, there was no place for me to alley to. I had to move. Yeah, the 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 the, the carriage. It, you know, he literally carried right down the main thoroughfare. Um, it, it, he he, in theory, could have carried back, you know, back away from the murder, back toward the, I guess the back side of the map. If you're, I guess, heading west on the map, because the murder was like in the very very far western side of the map. Yeah, like I, he could have carried, you know, like west and then north. Maybe maybe going that way, or maybe then west, or sorry, east and then south. Because remember, I was at a guess point right there. Do I go south because I think Scott went south, or do I go straight down the main thoroughfare? And I just 
<laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> just for giggles, I'm like, okay, let's go down the main thoroughfare and see well, if that's what actually and, really did. Well, and, and actually, it wasn't just for giggles. That it, because I was I was gonna do what you suggested. I was I was at 163. My my goal was to carriage south and head all mm-hmm. the way around the southern border. But then mm-hmm. I noticed that the main thoroughfare was open and and everybody's yeah. talking was no. I, I thought they'll they'll never think I went straight down the middle. Yes, you know they'll never think that. But but then the talking kept going and everybody kept talking through it, kept talking through it, and finally Jamie's like, oh well, there, you know, there's 118, you know, and stuff. He could go there technically, and then everyone's like, oh yeah, he could, and everyone started looking at that center aisle after I had made the commitment. Yeah. So that continuous talking. And just, yeah, just well, I mean, soundboarding yes, back because I can't stop myself from doing all the possible wherever. And then it was just too funny, and I just knew you were there because so, it was hilarious. <laughs> so yeah. Now another thing I think we should try. In all fairness, we we need to do a game, or at least a game or two, um, with some of the optional rules. I've not read all the optional rules, but I know there are several. Um, and I, I'm sure that if somebody is listening to to us do this podcast who li- loves the game and has been playing with the optional rules, they're probably screaming at us going, no, th- this optional rule solves that. If you don't like it, do this. You're idiots. Yeah. And, and so we haven't done that yet. And and I, I think we should look at those. Uh, if nothing else, you know, just look at them and see if any of those would. Because I don't remember what they all are. I just I glanced at the one that, that uh, Jack can do letters. You know, and and that and he can switch deployments or something. I don't know what he does with it, but are, are those the the optional rules? Now the letters optional rule, I, I know, but the the other optional rules that you were suggesting are they optional rules that are actually exist in the rule book itself? Yeah, yeah, they're, these, no, they're in yellow. Okay. Yeah, there's there's like three or four that I saw yellow blocks that say optional rule. Okay, yeah, because white white hall, make sure I'm on the right one. White hall, which is the other the you know, the other side of this coin uh does have the optional rules and i think it, especially in white hall uh the ones that uh to the advantage jack i think are almost necessary right well in that case uh i i think we should probably talk about white hall next week if, yes. that, if that's all right and we will go straight from from this game to the other game for this uh we are getting close to the end of our time limit here so uh, i think we should wrap this up um so final thoughts on, you know, the general craziness that is uh, letters from white building and uh, the, 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 the proposed house rule of a time limit that the investigators can actually discuss, quote unquote, you know, the investigation, the strategy. Obviously, you're not just going to, you know, put a moratorium on talking, but, you know, no more of the, oh, I just thought about, hey, he could be here, you know, go arrest him right now, Jeremiah. I'm on it. I got it. I win the game. Maybe. Anyway, final. I, I think I think limiting limit. I, I think it's probably it's certainly worth exploring. Um, it, it's certainly a, a house rule that we should at least try um, because I I do think that we we like I said we we have multiple sounding boards against one person so. Uh, limiting decision, you know, limiting the amount of time you can make that decision is uh, is is a rule that would probably advantage Jack, and I think Jack does, especially with the. Uh, and again, this this rule would definitely uh, be well, not just optional, but would would be gauged by the player base that you're working with, right? 
So if you're playing with a bunch of inexperienced players, maybe you don't want to do something like this. But if you have a bunch of experienced gamers who love this style of game, and we, we all we all seem consensus-wise to really enjoy this game and this style of game, um, you know, because we're all going to talk about Whitehall next week. Um, then we can even branch on the Spectre Ops. But um, which is, or Fury, well, was it Fury from Dracula is the other yeah, style? Fury, Fury, yeah, Fury, yeah, Fury of yeah, Dracula, yes. Spectre Ops, and, uh, and also technically uh, I've, I've been rereading the rules to Imperial Assault. And that's the same style of game. It's a one versus all. It doesn't have hidden hidden movement, but it's a one versus all. Unless yeah. you were talking yeah. about well, hidden yeah, movement. Yeah, but I was I was thinking about the hidden movement. Uh, I thought you were talking about one versus um, all. I'm sorry. Yeah, in which Fury, Whitechapel, Whitehall, and uh, Spectre Ops, uh, at least, in, I'm sure there are many more out there and people yeah. can say, oh, yeah, there's this, 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 this. Well, but I, I think it's a good rule to at least attempt. Well, we, well sorry. And here's, here's, a, here's a thought on that, too. The game takes place in the late 19th century. Mm. We don't have CB radios. We don't. We have dogs and we have whistles. Yep. There's not going to be all that conversation. Everybody's going to come together. They're going to make a decision, and then they're going to disperse. So unless we're within like a block or so of each other, probably not even that close. Like mm. we're not going to be shouting down the alleys to each other. That's an, so, that's, I mean, an, just, that's an interesting mechanic that we yeah. a thematic mechanic. So a thematic mechanic. Yeah. That's interesting. So what I'm hearing is we need a house rule where the investigators can only communicate in barks and whistles. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, grunts. But, but no, I do like I do like the idea. No, think about how interesting it would be for the lead investigator for the night. I mean, they're placing the board, but but to literally that, that that is how they do it. That they they mm. they place and then they give the, like their a, instructions yeah. or their thoughts on how it should be handled for the evening. Um, but the fact of the matter is, the is that I, once and, everybody and is flipped over, it's their own turn. I mean, they get and, to make their own choices. And their turn order would make a, a lot of difference. Yeah, yes. specifically because because. Because number one, you can you might be able to limit you know voluntarily limit communication, but you're still your eyes are still glued to the board. So you know so you're going to see where people are moving. So that's that's why I think uh, the, like turn order there would would play a bigger role and and would be a much more interesting because now it becomes a lot more want jack one on one in in areas against against a person yeah. one person. So I, it, it might, that might be interesting. Well, yeah, so follow your own instincts. That's what they yeah. had to do. Yeah. Yep. So literally, yeah. So so the the lead, and this would actually give a lead investigator a bit more reason for being is they deploy everything. Then Jack does his uh, mm-hmm. the the kill, you know, and then after the kill is done and and that's marked, then you reveal the deployments and everybody puts their things there, and then the timer goes on. And the lead investigator has, let's say, a three-minute time. You'd have to invent. We'd have to play with the time because we don't want to short it. We don't want it to be eight, you know, too long. Right. But let's say a three-minute timer to say, okay, I deployed you, 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 and you. This is what I'm thinking. Blah 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 blah. And then you have the rest of the confab. Then once the timer's done, discussion stops, and you do your turns. I like that, but I think Jack has to leave the table when he does that. And I also think that. These these rules are great. I mean, I think, and I think all of them would be fun to try the different things out. I think the the success of them is is that the group knowing which way they're playing. Is it full discussion? Is it partial discussion? Is it realistic realistic reenactment? 
Yeah, that way uh, everybody knows what they're what they're uh, doing before the game, and no one gets upset. Yeah, um, everybody on the same page at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And if it's uh, a section a section zero for Whitechapel. So at some point we're gonna have to uh, actually go to the 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 Whitechapel district of London and play this game there in in real life. No, I thought, I thought we were just going to play uh, Jeremiah's work. No, no, no. That's the thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. but, but 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 we. Uh, I thought I thought you were going to order some prostitutes, Scott, for us to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we at House Rules do not condone <laughs> the hiring of prostitutes for illegal activities of any kind. <laughs> or, 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 or any said actions in, uh, unintentionally implied thereafter. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I, I think we're going to wrap it up here. We, we, we're a little over, but that's alright. Uh, so, thank you all for joining us. You have been listening to House Rules, a proud member of the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast network. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TN, the number 2 M Podnet, and check out our other great podcasts. Until next time, remember, it's your house. It's your rules. <laughs> <laughs>